Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal truth of reality. We have a very special episode today, man. We have Dennis Graham on the show, writer, musician, actor, and also Drake's father. We talk about a bunch of different subjects, including when he knew that Drake was going to be a superstar, his own musical beginnings in Memphis, how he started this thing way before Aubrey was even born, how he deals now with thirsty thoughts in Hollywood that want to fuck him just because of whose father he is, and what's next? What's next for this dude who has given so much to us, literally, wouldn't be no Drake if it wasn't for Dennis. This is an amazing conversation. One more added to the OG Chronicles. Pop some pills, listen, learn, and respect. Lauren, you probably seen around town, young Lauren. She loves rappers. Oh, really? Oh, that's one of her <laughs> Have things. we met before, Lauren? I oh, okay. Lauren, think, <laughs> think about hard in your in your in the cortex of your mind, Mr. Graham. You've probably seen Lauren. There's nothing wrong with loving rappers, by the way. There's nothing long, wrong with loving rappers. We're ready to go. Listen, you guys got to do something. I need a. We do this every single week, but this week we have royalty in the building. So I need the white people and the black people in this room. Give me a round of applause. For Mr. Dennis Graham, you guys. Woo! Give it up for right. Dennis Graham. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Now, we've had a lot of guests. We've had we've had Charlemagne the God. We've had Dame Dash. We've had a lot of people, Tay Diggs. But I am specifically interested in, in, in talking to you mm -hmm. because I don't think that people really know and comprehend your place in music right, right. as much as they should outside of, obviously, your Drake's dad. Right. But Dennis Graham has been involved in setting the foundation for hip-hop and uh, for popular music in general long before that. Why don't you tell them a little bit about, you know, your, your musical contributions from, from uh, way back in the day? I, uh, I started playing when I was... I'd say I started playing in clubs uh, at the age of 15, 15, 16. But I started playing like with, oh my God, uh, I worked with Isaac Hayes for a while. Uh, uh, I played with Al Green. I played with uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Mickey Gilly, Willie Nelson. Uh, all these people uh, uh, started uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. And, um, that's where my music background comes from. Mm -hmm. so. Right. So, and then even on into the 70s, were you a part of Graham Central Station? Were no. You, you weren't? No, that's my cousin, Larry Graham. Okay. Larry is a bass player. Same. And the, um, and the slap bass that he, yes. that he invented yes. is really the the prototype for a lot of the beats and a lot of the sounds, yeah. the hip-hop sounds that, right. that we use today. So, when people wonder about the kid and all this stuff, it's all, it's, it's in you guys' blood all Yeah, yeah, he started that. He started all that slapping the bass, and that's what, that's what gave rap its beat. Right. Back in the day, you know, like, when I, uh, from the older rappers. So, uh, yeah, he started it. So. so, tell us a little bit about, like, your story. You're, you're touring, you're, you're playing with these musicians, you're doing this, and then 
was there any point that it stopped for you or because it seems like now i know that now your music career uh is taking off again um and you're recording a lot and you got some projects right. coming out a lot but right. was there any point where you were a little bit maybe less productive where you stepped back from it or have you always continuously uh, been making music yeah i've done music all my life that's all i've ever done um I, when I met uh, Drake's mother, Sandy, um, we had a factory. We owned a factory where we did um, uh, silk flowers and mirrored uh, grand piano coffee tables and mm. oriental screens and things like that. Right. And I, I think I did that for about maybe five years. Yeah. Right. I took off some time then, but I was still playing at night. I would uh, uh, go to the factory and work during the day, uh, and uh, I would go and play at night. So music has always been there. So always been there. I was in Toronto, and I was in uh, Toronto for 26 years. Man, so let me ask you this: you're you're from Memphis, right? Mm -hmm. For somebody that grew up in Memphis, because I used to go down to Memphis. I'm from Baton Rouge, right? Right, right. So we would go to Memphis for the Southern Heritage Classic. All of my boys is uh, a football, you know, big football game there at the Liberty Bowl. Right, right. You know, black college situation. A lot of stuff that happened in Memphis. Mm -hmm. It's got to stay in Memphis, Mr. Graham. I <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Bill Street. Yeah, all the whole nine. <laughs> yeah. For somebody that's, that's from Memphis, a, a place, you know, even climate-wise, it seems to be the polar opposite of Toronto, how did you do 26 years in Toronto? That seems like a much, much different place. Toronto, you're going to have the four seasons. Uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Uh, every year, you can count on it. Right. You know, and um, the snow up there is not like Minnesota, right? where it's absolutely hurting. Uh, the humidity up there is different. So it's not as cold. I mean, ice is going to be cold anyway. Right. But not that kind of hurting cold like Chicago mm. or Minnesota. Right. But so. it's, it's my, my question, I guess, is it's a lot of white people up there. Do they season their food up there? Because you're from Memphis, right? You're from yeah. Memphis, barbecue and all of that <laughs> stuff like that. Culturally, how did you, you know, exist in a place like Toronto? Uh, Toronto is one of the most multi-ethnic places on earth so i'm wrong about this yeah i'm very wrong yes this is why we have you, you here have Mr. Graham, to every, educate me uh, yeah you've got a uh, every ethnic uh group mm -hmm. in the world in toronto toronto is a lot like new york actually really yeah really um toronto uh itself but if you go to montreal or vancouver mm -hmm. vancouver is more like japan right uh, Montreal is more like France, mm. you know, so it's it, it's a big difference. Yeah. So how'd you, how'd you find yourself in Toronto? What made you go up there? Uh, I went up there with Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, so you were actually doing music. With, that's what brought you to Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I went up with him. Uh, we had a show at the where were we? Skyline Hotel. And uh, that's where I made, met Drake's mother. And then you just stayed? Say, no, I didn't stay. Mm. I went back to Memphis because uh, I had just left California. And uh, I went back to Memphis, and um, Sandy and I uh, communicated over the phone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went back up there, and we hung out, and 
you know, I was back and forth, and finally I... Uh, you guys fell in love, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Right. So, so put it bluntly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fell in love. Yeah. And little did you know that that love would produce the biggest rap act in the world. Let me ask you this. From... You had... And this is something, like, me and my father talk about stuff all the time. My father always says to me, he goes, you only have one job in this world, man. Right. He's like, to take the lessons I gave you and go further with them mm-hmm. than I did. Because mm-hmm. my dad always says a lot of this stuff that I learned, you know. Right. To be honest with you, I learned it, but I learned it a little bit too late to put it into your life. Right. What is it like seeing all of this stuff happen for somebody so close to you? That's so wild. I mean, mm-hmm. my mother sees me on TMZ. And she freaks out and calls the newspapers. All right. You know what I mean? To see yeah. to see what's happening for to someone so close to you, what what is that like, man? Uh it's wonderful. I mean, like this is what he wanted. Uh from the age of five. Actually I tell this story a lot. Uh when he was uh maybe seven, he said, Dad, I'm gonna do more music than you ever did. I'm going to do more movies than you ever did. Because I was uh, an actor uh, in Toronto for uh-huh. a lot of years. Right. And, um, and I said, okay, well, uh, we'll make a bet. Um, I'll bet you $5 that you can't do. <laughs> I'll bet you $5 that you can't do more music or more movies than I've ever done. Dennis, you lost, man. I gave it to him in 2009. <laughs> On his tour bus, <laughs> on his tour bus, I gave it to him. So, um, so it, it brings you a lot of joy to see your son be able to break new ground and stuff. Oh my like god, that. you have no idea. Yeah, I mean, this is just, especially when he first started. I mean, like his 2009 was like, it blew my mind. You know, like wow. You, do, uh. do you have any idea how much? Like Drake tripped us out when we first started listening to it. I had never heard of it. Like, like, did the 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 song comes on right? Mm-hmm. And everybody, all of my boys, and I'm a little older. I'm 37. Right. So, the the music that I come up listening to, it's Wu Tang, right. Pac, right. Big. These guys are serious about rap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're serious about everything in their rap. Yeah, it's yeah. hardcore rap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of course, there was stuff. There was variety. There was you know tribe and stuff like that. But like I remember listening to Lust for Life for the first time, and in the middle of the bar, Drake starts singing. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know what these emotions that I'm having are, mm-hmm. but I just know that I would like to have them again. Like he changed music. Yeah, he. Um that there's a little story behind that too. Uh, uh, he uh, had different people singing on his tracks. Uh, uh, actually, Trey Songs was the first one to do a track with him, mm. uh, singing. He had a little guy named Voice, um, but that didn't work out. So um, Trey Songs did a song with him. So I asked him. I said, Drake. Listen, man, you can sing. You can sing your own stuff. You don't have to wait for somebody to come and do a track with you. You know, sit down and sing with you. I get on your track. Mm-hmm. I said, you got it in you to sing. And mm-hmm. started singing. Started singing. Yeah. 
change it. Now everybody sings. Yeah, I mean, now you we, almost can't do a rap song without singing. Yeah, I mean, we used to sing together. You know, like we sang together. You know, mm, like, because that's more your style of music, right? Yeah, You're more, that's you, what I do. No. So a lot of that stuff comes directly from you. You know what's also interesting to me is that, okay, so you were around popping, doing things in what, like the 70s and the 80s, right? Right, right. right. And now you're around popping, doing music, and we also see you quite a bit out in the Hollywood nightlife. <laughs> Mr. Graham likes to get it. We all know this. I'm not ready for a rocking chair yet. I feel you. You know what I mean? I feel you. We always hear about how wild the 70s were. Yeah. And how much was going on. Yeah. How does it compare to now? Is it it wilder now or was it wilder then? Uh, It depends on what aspect you're talking about because we had weed back then. Right. So they got weed now. Okay. okay. Those things are consistent. <laughs> we were mostly, we were mostly uh, more like hippies back then. Uh, mm-hmm. I was. Right. You know, so I played in, you know, hippie bands and you know uh, did the hippie thing back then. But uh, now it's quite different. I mean, like this is, you know, when I go to the club. <laughs> I mean, we used to dance back then. No one dances in LA. Yeah, no one dances I was, anywhere. I, I, I was explaining this <laughs> to somebody. Like I had somebody talking to me, like, "Yo, I'm gonna come out there. I'm, gonna, you know, we gonna dance." I'm like, "If you come into LA, you're not gonna dance." Yo, no one dances anywhere. I mean, it's like everybody stands around. Uh, I tell I tell my girlfriend sometimes, you know, I tell her, I said, "I know I'm not going out tonight. I'm not going." And look at a bunch of people standing around looking at each other. <laughs> You know, that's all they do. Right. You know, like, um, play records and look at each other. Yeah, it's weird. Because here's the, here's the problem with it. So, first of all, in Baton Rouge, you go into the club, you leave sweating. Right. That's how much we dance. Right, yeah. You go into the club, you leave sweating. Yeah. The problem with the club in L.A. is that it's a series of tables where, every, where everyone's standing up. Now, the music's on too loud right. for you to talk to anybody. Right, exactly. And there's no dance floor for you to dance. No. So, the club is really... You drinking overpriced liquor and yeah. just looking at and everybody. looking at everybody standing around looking. Right, people people tap me and they go, "Look, I'm like what? There's Kanye West." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, yeah. that doesn't mean that this bottle wasn't two thousand dollars. I need more than that for the for my yeah. club experience." That's what they did. Stand so, around and look for people. So you feel like it was more fun then? It was more fun, without yeah. a doubt. You had you had actually had conversations with people. Mm-hmm. You know, you you interacted. There's yeah. no interaction now. Right. You know, like it's just standing around. And girls are not going to jump around and dance now because they might lose a piece of their weave or <laughs> um, they might sweat and their makeup runs. Uh, you know, so, uh, <laughs> right, right. So you, you think because everyone feels like right now, you, you mentioned something earlier with the the weed, like, the drug culture now is a, little, is a lot different too. Mm-hmm. I always would hear about um, from my uncle Ray uh, about you know the cocaine usage that was going on in the seventies, and he would know because he mm-hmm. was selling those drugs. Oh, yeah. And um, now people talk about how bad it is with the drugs now and stuff right, like that. Right. What, what do you think about that? Like, is is that the same? Has it gotten worse? Every generation feels like it's getting worse. But I feel well, like every generation has their own version. I think of stuff. the '80s, the '80s took it into the went into the crack era. Right. Um, that's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Cocaine has been used since 
the days of Beethoven. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so um, uh, in, in that aspect, aspect, it's the same because people are still using it. Right. You know, it's something that wakes you up. Right. If you've been drinking and you do cocaine, you're going to be fresh just like you, when you started. Right. You right, know, right, right it's right, going right, to wake right, you right. up. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's why a lot of people use it. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. But uh, it, it's just as bad now as it was back then. Yeah. You know, like, I would imagine so. Do you parent Drake? Now? Yeah. No. You don't parent him anymore? No. Now, do you, because my parents parent the hell out of me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah. My mother called me a couple of days ago and said that she was going to send me some underwear. Oh, really? And I was like, Mom, <laughs> at this point, if I'm not buying my own underwear, you fail. I'm telling you. All right? But, so... Is it because he's too old, or is it because he is who he is? Drake's 31. I mean, like, I stopped parenting Drake, uh, I would say, around maybe 18, 19. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, Drake is, he's a pretty together guy. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. like, he's, he's got it together. It's not much that you need to tell him. Mm -hmm. You're not telling him anything because he knows. Right. Yeah. In his raps, though, he does give you an inordinate amount of credit for having shaped his worldview and the way he looks at things. Right. Right. Like even in even in songs, I can remember um, the one amazing song, uh, "Me and the Six, um, where he's talking about conversations that he's having with his mother. Right. Right. And he's sort of explaining things about you mm -hmm. to her. Right. Right. Which is a song that resonates with any boy that's close with his mom. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. And um. Uh, and if, if especially if their parents have broken up, I remember thinking those exact same things. I would tell my mom stuff about my dad. You know what I mean? Uh, but it seems like you still have a relationship where he reveres you and sort of would listen to you if you had input about stuff in his life. Right. He would would listen. Would listen to. Oh, you. he does. He does. I mean, like uh, if I say something, you know what? The only thing about that is it has to be real. Right. As long as it's real and it's uh, reasonable and it makes sense, he listens. Right. But if he has any doubts about it, he's going to voice his opinion, you know. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't try to parent him anymore or uh, get involved in his business. He's, he's an entrepreneur. He, does, he knows what he's doing. Right. He knows exactly what he's doing, so he doesn't need me, you know. Like, right. Yeah. When did you know? Because I have uh, siblings. And every sibling is convinced that their kid is going to cure cancer or go to the moon or something like that. Right, right. And then I'll look at the kid and they'll be eating glue and I'll be like, probably not that one. You mm -hmm, feel me? Mm -hmm. But like at, at some <laughs> at, at some point, because you can't tell them, at, at some point you had to look at your son and be like, like there's something super special there. Like at what point did that happen? Five years old. It was the bet? Yeah. No, it wasn't the bet. It was just, he had, it was something about him. Uh, we started him out modeling okay. in uh, Toys R Us magazines and uh, doing um, bank banners and things like that. So he was a model at first. And uh, he just had something. I mean, like, he he had that it factor, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he always. You know. Now, because of, do you feel like you were able to see that with more authenticity because you yourself were, were a successful musician and because you had been around so many other guys that had that it factor, was there something that you saw in him 
that mm-hmm. reminded you of maybe things that you had saw in yourself yes, and in other guys? Yes, yes. Uh, Drake was special, you know, like um, back then when he was born, I used to practice on piano every night. So I would uh, sit him on the stool with me and just practice while he's sitting there. Uh-huh. And I put him to bed. And he did this. This is what made me know he was really special. Uh, I put him to bed. Then after he went to bed, I would roll my little joint. Words. Yeah, and, and, and hit it. As soon as I got high, I'm thinking Drake's sleep. He'd come out of every night with a, something weird. Uh, come out, come out of the bedroom, and ask me a question like, "I'm I'm high, you know." Like, and he come out of the bedroom and ask me like, "Dad, how many blades of grass are there in the world?" I said, "Man, if you don't get out of listen." I said, well, "Get back in the bed." <laughs> But this is the type of stuff he used to do. Mm-hmm. So I said, something's wrong with this little boy. Right. <laughs> or something's right with this little boy. But mm. he waited. Right. He waited every night until I smoked my little joint, which I did when I was practicing at night, mm-hmm. um, and come out and ask me some kind of weird question. Mm-hmm. Dad, why is the sky blue? Right. You know, like, questions like that. And I... I <laughs> just to, to spring them on you while you blaze is yeah exactly too. I mean like I'm thinking you, you're like, trying to think of the answer you're like well son I don't know how many blades of grass there are if we sit down together I think we can figure yeah. it out I said, that's what I said yeah. yeah let's go count them tomorrow yeah go back to, go back to sleep <laughs> um now you know looking back over um sort of the career that you have are there things that you wish for Dennis Graham personally uh, that you could have or would have um, done differently? Uh, not really. I um, I did everything I wanted to do, you know, like everything. Mm. So, and nothing I would have done different. That's important. It's important in life to, because to, uh, I remember when I was thinking about, you know, uh, coming out to L.A., and I was putting it off. My dad was like, you know, you're going to put it off until you get to be about 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go to L.A., but it's going to be behind the back of your family or something like that. So you right. might as well go. Right, right. So you feel like you've pretty well checked off a lot of the boxes. I have done everything I set out to do. Do you remember what, do you remember what the things that you set out to do were? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be an actor. Uh, I wanted to perform live in front of people. Uh, the only thing that I never uh, accomplished while uh, I was coming up was to record uh, my own song mm-hmm. and release it. Right. So. But you've done that now. I've done that. I've got kind of crazy. Up. You've done that. Yeah. How do you stay in it? I mean, how do you keep, like, so many people, right, they have, I, I heard this quote, right? I'm not, I'm going to butcher the quote, but the quote was told me, that it, it's quote was told to me, it was like, make sure that your dream hasn't expired. And the, the, the point of the quote was that we all have dreams, we all have things that we want to do, but um, sometimes we get to a point to where uh, our dreams have actually expired and we should have new dreams. 
Yeah. And we don't know that. Yeah. It seems that you've been able to maintain focus on the things that you originally set out to do. Mm-hmm. How? Why? Um, just pushing forward. Making them happen. You have to make things happen. Um, I, I, I wanted to do it so badly that I pushed myself to do it. And I did everything that it took to make sure that it happened. So, right. you know. How important was it to you that Drake was successful? Just as important. I wanted him to do it. I wanted Drake to be a lawyer. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. You know why that's really interesting? Because he's a Jewish kid. No. So I wanted him to you want to be you want him to be a lawyer. Yeah. It's the same thing. You want him to be a lawyer. So why did you want him to be a lawyer? I don't know. By the way, just, he would have made a dope lawyer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, it was just something that you know, like Drake. I want to make sure you have enough money in life. Mm-hmm. That was my reasoning. <laughs> you wanted to make sure Drake had enough money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh at that, white people. That's a funny saying right there. He wanted to make sure Drake has enough, had enough money. That's hysterical. You know how poor the average lawyer is compared to Drake? We just looked over. We, we, we literally just did a segment about Drake's autographed jersey collection. Yeah. And the, the worth of the autographed jersey collection is more than most lawyers would make in a lifetime. Exactly. That's crazy. Well, once he hit his plateau... Um, I told him, Drake, forget about the law thing. Yeah, you know, like, you're good. Don't worry about that. You're good. You know. when, yeah. when it started working um, for him, when you realized that it was going to work, because I, I can't tell you how many ridiculously talented people I know mm-hmm. that for some reason it's just not working for them. It's not working, it hasn't worked, and it might not ever work. Exactly. I know um, people like that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And you can't put your mm-hmm. finger on what it is that it's they're missing. It's not meant for them. It's just not it's meant for not them. meant for them. That, um, you, you, you got to be special. I'm not not saying that all people aren't special, right? But you got to have something that's gonna make your public pay attention to you. And I think Drake has that. What is it? Do you know? Uh, it's lyrics. I mean, like yeah. uh, his lyrics, his style, his style. Michael Jackson was the same way. Uh, Elvis was the same way. They all had something that made their public love them, you know. And they and they, they love Drake everywhere. Yeah, without you know? doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when I first got on TMZ, when I first got on the television show, uh, people would go on the TMZ Facebook mm-hmm. and they would say nasty things about me, right? And yeah. They'd be like, "Who is this new militant black guy that you have in here? All he does <laughs> is defend black people." Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> And every time someone would say something, yeah. my mother would respond to them on the Facebook. Oh, really? And <laughs> it got to the point to where I would call my mom up and be like, Mom, what you doing? Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, nothing. And I'd be like, that's a lie, Mama. Because <laughs> you just posted on Facebook two minutes ago. Yeah. Go outside and go for a walk now. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Now, that's on a small scale. Right. For someone that's as criticized as your own son. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? When people say things, he, he doesn't write his own songs, he's yeah. this, he's that. When they, when they try to, for whatever reason, come at Drake, for whatever the criticism may be. Now, you don't even have to speak to anything specific. How do you deal with the negativity that comes along with it? I know how to deal with it. I look at it or hear it and forget it, mm-hmm. which I have tried to uh, 
instilled in him because Drake was the type of guy that will respond to every single thing mm -hmm. that someone said about him. Right. And I told him, look, man, you gotta don't let them make you come down to their level. Right. You know, just stay humble like you are and not pay attention to what think people uh, things people say about you. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about that. That means nothing. Right. You know, you're, you're not gonna, they're not gonna get any money for saying that. Right. You're not gonna lose any money for them talking, you know, like, so always let it go. Always let, never, never respond to a negative comment, you know. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Keep it going, keep it moving. You, what are your opinions on hip hop in general? Do you like, you you love and you you like rap music? Yes, that's all. I, I listen to it every day. Who do you like besides Drake? Uh, I like uh, a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> hey, you put me on the spot now. I'm just asking. I like Kendrick. Kendrick, you yeah. like Kendrick? Yeah, I like. Um, God, who else do I like? Let me ask you a question like this. Can you listen to somebody you know he doesn't like? Meaning, would you listen to like a Meek Mill song? I don't know any Meek Mill songs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest. I, I, right. I mean, I, I like Meek as a, uh, as a person. You know, right. like, I met Meek and, you know, like, uh, when all, with all the uh, Young Money gang got together, uh, yeah. um, I, I, but I don't. I couldn't name one of his songs for you. I bet the, from the from your perspective, all the back and forth and stuff like that, that must actually look like kids. It is disagree. Yeah, children, like little children fighting over a popsicle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like that's that's all it is. Right. Yeah, I, I think all the beefs that happen. Sure. With the rappers, uh, uh, it's like you're being kids. Right. Be adults. You have a wonderful career. Right. Why belittle yourself and, and get into a beef with somebody about uh, stupid stuff? Right. You know, like, uh, it doesn't make sense. Well, speak about that a little bit. Back in the G, like, um, when you were performing with some of those really important names, the culture is different musically. I'm sure those guys competed. Mm -hmm. um, but was it as sort of aggressive towards one another like was, was it a situation where Isaac Hayes didn't like Al Green or or or, or, or Marvin Gaye was in competition no. with Lionel Richie was no. that stuff kind of like that it no. just kind of a hip-hop thing I don't know one incident not even one guys they got along everybody got along I mean like it was love and happiness you know mm -hmm. so no I don't remember any incidents like that interesting Interested now? Do you like give since since he's become a big deal and since your career resurgence has has happened, uh, which we're gonna touch on a little bit deeper in a second. Mm -hmm. Have other family members sort of come out of the woodworks to be a part of everything? Uh, yeah, I have a. A nephew that's uh, uh, a rapper. Okay. Is he good? Um, I like him. I mean, <laughs> right, he's yeah. my nephew. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, but is it is my my my, 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 my what I mean to say is, 
it was something that was between you and your son. Mm-hmm. Um, is music now? Well, you and your son, and to be honest with you, I guess kind of music has always been the family business, right? Yeah, yeah. And is that's continuing even beyond Drake? Right. right. Well, I don't know about beyond Drake. Right. Uh, because there's no one else in the family that's really um, uh, that's started to do music. I mean, unless they they're thinking about doing it, you know, now. Right. But uh, no, there's there's nobody beyond him right. that I know of. You know, I don't. I gotta be real. I don't have a musical bone in my body. Yeah. But if I was in any way related to y'all, I'd get in the studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would get on <laughs> exactly. Garage Band and make some beats. Yeah. And just yeah. send y'all stuff, man. Well, take a shot. Listen, I get so much stuff. I got. Do you? People actually coming out of the woodwork. I everywhere I go, they give me CDs. <laughs> and if somebody gives you a CD, uh, Mr. Graham, you know that you don't really need to be dealing with that person, right? Right. Because we've moved on technology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they'll give you. I threw away so many CDs on the freeway. Get out! Get I throw them out the window on the freeway. Yeah, <laughs> that's how bad they were. Yeah, yeah, you know, like just driving and throwing. Well, them, give them know. to me and the homies. We'll roll our weed on them. Yeah, exactly. No, no CDs, man. Exactly. If you're, not, if you're not giving me links, <laughs> it's weird. Might as well give me some vinyl. Exactly. Now you're in. You have. You bring your. You're very proud of having your lady with you. Yes. You're very proud of having your lady with you. Yeah. Very lovely woman. I've met her. It's the second time I've met her. We were all at a. At a party before, That's right. but I would have, I would imagine that you're 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 the grandfather of the entire OVO movement. I would imagine that a lot of the Hollywood dotties try to run up on Dennis Graham, Mr. Graham, Mr. Graham. Of course, yeah, man. Uh, Janelle knows that. Janelle, uh, yeah, she was well prepped for it. She was well prepped for it. <laughs> yeah. So y'all, so, so, so she's she, got to so, understand. So she, she understands that they're going to be coming yes, at yes, Mr. Graham. How yes. do you, like, how do you deal with it? Because, you know, it must be, I'm sure there's a lot of people trying to get in your DMs and all of that stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. Well, when I'm out, uh, uh, Janelle is normally with me. Sure, yeah. Well, we see her, every time we see her, I actually point that out on TMZ. I'm like, no. yo, Mr. Graham is keeping it real here. Yeah. Because every time we see, if we if the camera addresses you, right. you make sure that they address her. Right, right. right. You always keep her in the uh, floor. That's uh, some old school game. Right yeah, uh, that's what I do with the the young ladies who uh, come up to me. And I know if, if I was just another guy, mm-hmm. they wouldn't approach me. Mm. But when they do come up to me, how I handle it is I... Uh, oh, hi. Let me introduce you to my girlfriend. Right you know, away. Like, this is Janelle. This is my girlfriend. So this is Mr. This is Dennis Graham's oh. advice on how you deal with a Hollywood thought. Yes. Introduce them to the girlfriend right away. Right away. Right away. And then they're going on. They're out. Their business. They, yeah. They're out of here. It's over. Let yeah. me tell you something. If I were to ever get uh, as famous as Drake mm-hmm. and my father moved to L.A., right. half this fucking city would be pregnant. You know that I love you, but you know I'm not lying. Half of this city would be pregnant. It would be my dad would be leaving that cowboy hat at apartments all over the place. Yeah. So you 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 didn't you didn't have any desire to peruse that. You know what? I I lived that life. You already did. I already did it. Yeah, I already did. Yeah. So it really does go because yeah. like people are waiting, people wait for it. People say that you know after a certain time that kind of gets out of you. It really yeah, does it's, go. I mean, like 
It's the same thing. You know, it's the exact same thing. I mean, like, and you got a good woman and you want to yeah, hold on to I that. I mean, like, yeah, what do you need somebody else for? Mm. You know, I mean. Jules. I, I've been there. I've been there and done that. Mm. So Now, are you the type of, of dad that um, talks to your son and goes, you know, I, you know, all the the lifestyle you're living is great. I love it for you, but eventually one day I want to see you have a wife and a kid and a family and all of that stuff no. like that. You don't care? No. No, it's not that I don't care. It's uh, that's not my business. You no, know? that's I what gotta, I'm talking about. Yeah, I got to right. let him I got to let him handle that one. Right. You know, I'm not going to press him out. Oh, I got to have a grandkid. No, I don't. <laughs> 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 you know, like if it happens, cool. But if not, yeah, if it happens, it happens. I mean, like, right. Live your life. Live. You, you have a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Live that to the fullest. Right. Then decide what you want to do later. You know, like. Is there any particular person that he's ever been connected to that you were hoping that he would settle down with? No. Never. Mm-mm. Not one particular. You. I like, couldn't say anybody. That he's been with, uh, that I hate. I thought to myself, well, oh God, he should settle down with her. Right. She, uh, no. Yeah, you like them all, but I, I love, I love them all. I love every love them one all. of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I never thought to myself, like, God, I wish he would be with her. Right. Now, if you ask his mother, that's a little different. <laughs> yeah, she, that's different. That's a little different, but that's She's kind a of a mama's different. role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, how do you think the relationship? between you and his mom influenced him as a man and as a musician? Uh, Sandy was a school teacher, so she um, taught him the book learn sense. Mm. So, and uh, I, I would say the entertainment part, I that came from my side. Right. You know, because I used to take him with me and let him shake the tambourine on stage as my band was playing with me right. when he was really little. So how many different instruments did you teach him? Like it was the piano, it was the tambourine. Like how? Like I uh, I played drums. Drums was a, my main instrument. Uh, I I played piano, uh, bass, um, and and a little bit of guitar. So. Mm. So, I tried to teach him piano, but he wouldn't listen. Now he's taking piano lessons. Right. He <laughs> listen so, to his daddy. Yeah. So you feel like she really was the one. Because it's interesting that you would say that because obviously seeing where he gets the musician part of, he also takes a very cerebral approach to the way he does most things, right? Right. Seems to be more calculated, seems to operate. Right. Um, I mean, has the reputation of being an emotional rapper, but seems to operate actually less on emotion. Right, right. And will be more calculated right. uh, than other guys. It seems like it, uh, you know, both things kind of took. Do you feel like, um, like, because he oftentimes, the way boys describe their mothers and their fathers are almost completely and totally different. The things right. I remember about my dad um, is my dad telling me, Look a man in the eyes, mm-hmm. stand up straight, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the thing I remember my mother telling me is like, you know, Van, you're a big guy. You're a big dude. Right. So when you go into a room, you can actually do things one or two ways. You can either impose your will on everyone in the room right. and have them afraid of you. Right. And the minute that you leave, they'll be happy that you left the room. Right. Right. Or you can be gregarious. Mm-hmm. And make sure everyone feels comfortable around you. Yes. 
And then when you leave, they'll wish that you have stayed. Mm -hmm. And when you become a man, you sort of have to kind of juggle kind of both things because you have to be resolute with people, but you also have to listen to your mom. When so when I hear you described in music, it's always about sort of the influence that you had on him as an artist. Right, right. Even the connection to Memphis. Right, yeah. I was taking to Memphis every year. We drive from Toronto to Memphis every summer. You would drive? Yes. Yes. God, damn, yes. y'all come a long way. Right. It's only, what, 17 hours. 17 hours? Yeah. yeah. Ain't nobody. What you talking about? <laughs> You've been going from Canada to Memphis, man. 17 hours? 17 hours. Well, like, how long did the journey take? That's what I mean. Seventeen. So I'm saying though, but you didn't drive seventeen straight, did no, you? No, 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 no. Right. No, we stopped and get a little motel. Um, when I when I first started doing it, uh, Drake was in a car seat, a baby seat, car seat, right. and um, I would drive down every year to see my folks. You know, I can take him, and uh, it's so it's it's sort of funny that we finally got to the point from a car seat, him coming down in the car seat, to him actually. Helping me drive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We're arguing about who's going to listen to what on the radio. Right. You know, so that. What do you want to listen to? Do you ever remember, like, stuff that he what, wanted to What did he want to listen to? Yeah. Oh, he listened to Jay-Z and uh, Kanye. Uh, Drake hipped me to rap. I mean, like, I knew nothing about rap. You know, like, Drake was the one that turned me on to everybody. Mm. You know, so uh, he had everybody. You know, like, he li- um, I'll tell you. Uh, one one uh, group that he introduced me to that I fell in love with what was uh, uh, the Fugees. Ah. Yeah. He turned me on to them. And I'm like, mm. I, I still got him to this day. But that seemed like it would be very relatable music to you. Yeah, yeah. Lauren, you know, yeah, with, with, yeah. with Lauren yeah. and the way Clef laid beats down and even yeah. the... the you know the refer, the 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 Roberta flat cover and all of that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It seems like that stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, that you would be able to get into. But I hadn't heard of him until he he turned me on to him. So drives from Memphis. Those were made as father son mostly. Yes, just you and him. Yes, just him and I. Yeah, mm. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. What do you think he got from Memphis? What do you? How do you think the, the your hometown uh, shaped him and how you guys' relationship? Well, we had uh, my cousin uh, Teeny Hodges. Maven Teeny Hodges, uh, who was the guitar player for Al Green, and wrote "Love and Happiness" and all of most of our songs. Right. So uh, uh, when I brought Drake down, we would always go to my family studio. Uh, Willie Mitchell, my uncle, owned the studio there, mm-hmm. and uh, I would take him to the studio. So he got to see some of the biggest people in the world record. You know, like. I think we were there one time. Rod Stewart was there. Uh, wow. Uh, John Mayer's been there. Uh, Buddy Guy, uh, Bobby Bland. Like he got to see some really big people at a young age, you know. So, and I, I think that has something to do with him, his music, being instilled in him. You know what I mean? Like he, he he's been around it. I mean, every summer for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And it was just kind of stuck, and yeah. then he takes it to the next level. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so when you decided to sort of jump back full bore um, and really started putting your music out, mm-hmm. what was like? What made you decide? Okay, now it's time for me to get back out there. Mm-hmm. 
No, I'm not back out there. You never left. No, I, I never left, but I'm not I'm not back out there. I don't want to do a tour. I don't want to put an album out. I uh, started uh, liking my what I was doing in my studio because I, I took the time to learn a producer's course. And now, because I, I did that, I can make beats that I could never have dreamed of before, you know what I mean? Like, And it's so inspiring to me that it's making me sing with it. Word. Yes, and now I can sing with the beats that I'm making, which I could never do before. I could sit down and play my bass right. all night uh, or play the piano all night, but I didn't have that full sound where I could take punch a button and make put a horn section behind me you know what I mean right so it's like it's so exciting that things that I can do now you know like since I since I learned to make my own beats mm -hmm. you know so that that's that's what's exciting for me but as far as me um starting another career no thanks so what's the plan then so is the plan then to drop singles every I'm dropping now and singles again? yeah I'm dropping singles only I am not going to try to put an album out mm -hmm. now you um, realize though that if you were to put an album out mm -hmm. you could have anybody on the album you want yes yeah yeah French on the album right right yeah Rick those Ross are all my people all my people yeah all of those guys will work with you. Are you? Do you anticipate working with any of those fellas for for some of your projects? Uh, I uh, Snoop and I was talking, yeah. and we're gonna eventually do something together. Uh, I haven't come up with it yet. I, I I have a feeling when it's right, you know, when I'm when I'm doing things like when I did kind of crazy, I felt so wonderful about that, the energy that that song had, uh -huh. and now it's number four. Uh, I'm uh, approaching. I'm almost platinum right now. Really? Yes. Y'all give it up for Dennis Graham. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got hey, it. Hey, Jason. <laughs> hey, you know what? Now only Jason. Clap for Dennis Graham loud. <laughs> loud. I don't feel like that was. <laughs> thank you, Jason. I felt yeah, it. Thank you. I felt it. I don't know if that was enough, man. Everybody else was clapping, man. We gotta, we gotta listen. We gotta salute our heroes, man. Jason, look. You know what? You know what's funny is that of all the interviews that we've done, mm -hmm. this is Lauren's first interview. Like, remember DeGraw's telling you about that loves rappers? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she loves rappers. And so you should have just heard. She's like, she was actually, she's paying attention to the interview because you're dropping gems. Yeah. But when she heard, like, Rick Ross, you should have. Like, I can introduce up. you to Rick, uh, Lauren. Lauren <laughs> you want to meet the boss? <laughs> Lauren, you sure? Uh, Mr. Graham, you put you on. I got you. I got so you. So of all of those guys that 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 you've met, obviously these are the biggest names in hip hop and some of the biggest names in hip hop history. Mm -hmm. Uh like what are the most lasting bonds that you feel like you've you you you've made? Like who are Dennis Graham's industry friends? Um, dudes that you hang around with, dudes that you might not necessarily put on a song, but you might call to like get opinions of a song or something like that, bounce ideas off of anything like that uh i don't really i can't really think of anyone mm -hmm. uh, only because this is so uh 
newfound for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm learning me right now. Word. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm not really reaching out to try to find a different piece here or a different piece there. I, I'm learning what I can do. You know, mm. so, yeah. No, That's amazing right there. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing right there. You, you ever anticipate working with your son in the future on some stuff? Uh, I'm hoping that eventually we will do something together, but I'm, I haven't pressed him on it. Uh, can't you just command him? <laughs> no. Can't, you, can't no. you just be like, can't you just be like, hey, guess what? I know this all this stuff is nice. Wouldn't have any if it wasn't for me. Did you hear three o'clock? We're going to do this song. Uh, yeah. And stop asking me about damn Blazer. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I don't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to pressure him about that. I mean, right. I, I want to leave it to him. Mm. And listen, when I, okay, I, I do this little thing every now and then on uh, Instagram. I'll go in my studio and put some sunglasses on and maybe a hoodie. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll play a little bit of the song that I'm, I'm working on. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, within the first two minutes Drake is on the phone interesting yeah dad man I love that man man you go listen listen dad don't put any more songs out unless you put them out through OVL oh he wants you on OVL yes yeah so are you on OVL not yet we have a I have a contract coming um uh should be soon but uh interesting that um, must feel amazing yeah to but, be able to work with him in a business capacity yeah, like that, well, if it happens. let me say something. Drake has told me things like that before. Right. And it's never happened. So right. I'm not, not going to say that, okay, I'm going to be with OVO. Mm-hmm. Because if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, things are still the same. I, I got to be real with you, man. Wow. You're the coolest dad <laughs> ever. <laughs> Thank you. There Especially for like a, like like a blo- you're the coolest that if it happens it happens I could see it right now <laughs> you signing all who who is this who is who is division all right who is Roy Woods how yeah. come you haven't signed your daddy <laughs> yeah. that would be the conversation the ongoing conversation I've in been my asked home. that so many times you know like man why doesn't Drake sign you uh, 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 he signed McConan yeah. And, I gotta believe you're better than McConan. Uh, 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 I've heard your music. I think Shout out to McConan. I know, only know the one song. Uh, right. Going up on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, no diss to McConan, uh, man. Shout out no, to McConan. No, no, that's my guy. He Wherever knows he, he is. is, he's cool. He Shout knows. out to McConan. It was a joke. <laughs> do you um? So it, it, do you? So you you don't ever envision yourself touring? Then you said you, you're not going to do any tour. So if you're gonna put the music out, would you perform it around town? Like, how you gonna get the? How you gonna get it out? You shooting videos? I know you have the one. The, yeah, you done the video before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went to Sweden to do that. Um, not video. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how I'm gonna work this. Uh, my my people love what I'm doing. Sure, you know? yeah, it's dope. Yeah, I mean, like they they love the feel because what I did was I took the old school R and B. And put a little bit of hip hop flavor in it, mm. you know, so everybody pays attention to it. You know, right. I, I see some guys are, are starting to do it too. Uh, they're they, they're going back, and since they've been listening, I, I know where they got it from. I can tell. They biting? Yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, they're it's going. some people out there. That's it's some copying. That's biting Dennis Graham. Yes. 
Yeah. Know what we do on the Red Pill Podcast? Drop <laughs> names. <laughs> Give us some names. Who's doing it? <laughs> I don't want to call. <laughs> no names. I don't want to call any names. But you feel like you've influenced actually some yes. contemporary artists oh, right now tell. to change I their sound. I can sign. tell because they're, they're going getting those tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, although uh, they're adding, they're going to get sample other people's music. What I'm doing, I'm making myself. In that style. Yeah, in that style. Right. I'm not copying anybody's music. I'm not. Uh, everything I do is original. Mm-hmm. You know, like all my drums, I create the beats myself. All my piano, I create. I buy some loops. Mm-hmm. I'll buy some loops that I need, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, other than that, I, I create everything myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, like who was that did the Otis Redding thing? Uh, was it Kanye? Yeah, some time ago. You're talking about uh, Jay-Z and Kanye Jay- watching yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the Otis yeah, joint? Yeah, yeah, it did that sample. Right. That's what a lot of people are doing now to try to mix it up like like what I do, you yeah. know. So. I feel you. My parents divorced in 2002. Um, I was already 22 at that point. I had left college. Mm-hmm. So the actual split of them not being together didn't affect me very much because mm-hmm. I was a grown man old enough to see the problems right. and relationships that people can have and right. I think I just wanted more than anything for people to be happy mm-hmm. but what is important and what was important for me was that they got along right because everything that happens in my life because we don't have one singular family unit now has to be a 50-50 split right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so now you gotta meet somebody then you gotta meet somebody right. you don't meet them together right. uh are you on good terms with Drake's mom? Oh, by all means. Oh, yes. By all means. We have dinner and really? together. My parents ain't having no dinners. Yeah, we have dinner together. We go out together. Uh, she, she comes to our house. What? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, she comes to Yo, the house. You uh, are girlfriend of the year. Well, I love this relationship. Yeah, you guys yeah. are so mature. Yes, man. yes. We hang out together. Uh, oh, we're, we're a family. This is a family. That's and, uh, amazing. That's a unit that I won't allow to be broken. Mm. You know, so. And you feel like that's probably pretty important to him? And like- It is very important. I mean, like, there's no reason for anybody that I'm with or anybody that Sandy's with to have any kind of jealousy or any ill thoughts about us communicating with one another. Yeah. We have a kid together. My girlfriend has a, a a nine-year-old daughter. Oh, and I I make sure I want one hundred one thousand percent for Janelle's nine-year-old daughter to be uh, uh, with her father. Right. I mean, like it it, it, it was it already there. Right, right, right. But right. there's no way that I would have any ill thoughts about. Well, I don't want Dave over here. Mm-hmm. Dave comes to our house and he has dinner. He sits at the table with us and have dinner. I mean, like, you you got to do that, right? You know, you got to do that for for the children. You know, like, um, there's no way, no way that it, Sandy and I are the best of friends. Best of friends, and always will be. be- very yeah. important. Yeah. So you, you you have this air about you, right? And it's an air that's very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. One because you're from the south, and also because you're an old school brother. Right, right. And like, you know. Being around my my dad, my uncles, and my cousins and stuff like that, I know the difference because I feel like my uncles, they have, like, genuine swag, right? Right, right. I'll tell you a quick story. So one day me and my Uncle Craig are at a Piggly Wiggly, 
Mm-hmm. Louisiana, we're leaving the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. I'm talking to him about a baseball game that I had mm. circa 1996. This is happening. Oh, yeah. I'm talking to him about a baseball game that's happening. We leave the Piggly Wiggly, and he looks, and he looks at a woman, and she's standing there. And we, we get to the car, we pull out, and he pulls up next to her. He rolls the window down. He looks at the woman. He says, yo, uh, is there somebody coming to pick you up? And she goes, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm just waiting for one of my girlfriends. Mm. And he goes, you can't possibly have a man. And she goes, why? She's like, because if it was your man, you'd be in the car with him. Or else you'd be at home, and he would be delivering these groceries to you. Right. Let me show you how a real man takes care of his woman, get in this car. And I'm thinking, this is highly inappropriate. You know what happened? She got in the car. She got in that car. Yeah, exactly. She got in that car. So it's just a different way of moving. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a message that you deliver to a person, hmm. which lets them know that you are not a threat. You know, if they if they consider you a threat, well, they're not going to come near you, of course. Mm-hmm. But if they feel comfortable enough with what you're saying. And know that you're not going to harm them. You know, like... Do brothers I, still have that, or is that gone? Uh, the, 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 do we... is Has that feeling of being able to look at someone... Because, uh, you know, you might want to do whatever with them, but the feeling of making someone feel safe and making someone feel even beautiful, mm-hmm. that it seems like my... Uh, the men in my family can do it. It seems like you are able to foster all of these relationships where everyone feels comfortable and right, everyone's good. Right. Do we still have that? I haven't seen that in a long time. I mean, mm. to be honest with you, uh, this is this generation here is quite different. It's quite different. I mean, there's no uh, is the romance there? Chivalry. It's gone. Ah, uh, it's gone. Uh, I. I, I I, I don't know if the romance is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I don't know what girls are looking for today. You know, Feel I, like they're looking for something different. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're looking for rappers, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, Vance started this. Tell him, true. make him stop it. And it's true. <laughs> They're looking for rappers. Okay. Shout out to Rich the Kid. Um, uh, but 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 yeah. So because that's important. It's in like it, and it seems like because you know when you listen to Drake songs, a lot of the songs early on, they were very emotionally honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And. It you know obviously Ye was doing some of that stuff. Yeah. Ye was talking about things that were really you know emotionally impactful to him, but um, Drake took it to the next level. I remember listening to Marvin's Room. Do you, you know that record? Yeah, of course. Like Marvin's Room, yeah. and Marvin's Room is something that we've all done but never admit to doing. Right, exactly. Every dude <laughs> has drunk, dialed his girl, <laughs> yeah. and just completely submitted to her. While she's sober, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and it's a difference that if everyone leaves the party and you call her and you say I love you, and she says, you know what, I love you too, and you're both drunk. Mm-hmm. But when you call her and you're drunk, right, and she's sober, right, she sees this as an opportunity yeah. to give you the real. 
Yes. Which is what happened on that song. I don't yeah. remember the flack from that record mm-hmm. was such as like like that's the softest stuff I ever heard before. Like how could you express your true emotions and your true feelings and, right, right. and stuff like that uh, to a woman? And now you kind of see that number one, that's changing hip hop. Everybody's putting that stuff on. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can kind of see from you and just how cool you are that it doesn't seem like he gives a damn about how he's he doesn't perceived. i mean uh, you you got most of your haters are going to are not going to admit i mean that hey i like what this guy is saying mm-hmm. i like uh, what that what, what this dude is talking about they're going to try to be big and tough and yet They'll listen to the song and use some of the words to go and tell their own girlfriend. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, that's the way that works. So. What's the What's the dopest Drake lyric ever to you? Oh, God. That's so I know what my favorite Drake verse is. Oh, okay. I know what my favorite Drake verse mm-hmm. is. Actually, I'm going to ask some of you. Lauren, what's your favorite Drake verse? I don't have a couple. Okay. Well, can, first of all, can we hear Lauren right now? Lauren, come get on the mic. <laughs> Red Pill Podcast. I'm introducing you to Lauren because she might be doing some stuff with us in the future. So just with her, her, her okay. love of rappers. Yeah. What's your Lauren? Um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Drake for, uh, Drake lyric? Um, I think my favorite. I don't. I wouldn't. So if I go back to like fireworks, like oh that. What? Go for it. You don't like that song? I do, but mm-hmm. I like that song. Yeah, go for it. And even though like, um, what was fa- fancy? Even though that was like Fancy's dope Yeah I mean But that was the one That was all over the radio So a lot of people Probably got tired of it But I know with that song Like it just His music brings you Back to times Like I listen to that And I'm like Back in college Getting dressed with my friends mm-hmm. And like You just listen to his words And he makes you feel like Oh you are fancy Like you got it Like alright girl You about to go take over the world mm. And a lot of music nowadays you don't, you don't get that Like you get to turn up You might take a couple shots Have fun But there's no connected feeling Like mm. So I have from that time to like worst behavior, like that song again, it brings back memories. Like even with uh, started from the bottom, like you connect with it. It's so many different songs I could take and you, you through. Don't it. Like rappers. I, yeah. I like the rap. Oh, oh, I like white the girl music. Lauren, the Hollywood snowflake, is here too. Uh, uh, Laura, excuse me, sorry, I called you Lauren. A white girl Laura, the Hollywood snowflake, is here. She actually made this interview possible. Laura loves hip hop. Loves hip hop. Yeah. What's your? I'm just want to know from the ladies. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Drake lyric? What's your favorite Drake verse? It's happening, Penny Lane, just like you said. <laughs> That's a Drake song. Yeah, it's in a Drake song. Yeah, it's in. It's it was in a, a lyric song. I heard years ago when I was debating moving out to LA, and I just really needed that extra push because that's what people were calling me at the time, and it was my confirmation. Damn, these are some deep answers. Is that where you got the Penny Lane from? No, I had it oh, before, had it but when I heard it, it was like, there's your go-ahead, go follow your dreams, oh, okay. go take it. Oh, okay, beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful, yeah. Um, That was on the uh, Thank Me Later album. Right, that's enough. It's about Dennis. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, but you don't, you don't particularly have a favorite that you can remember. I love everything he's done. I love everything. You never heard a song you didn't really like? I never heard one I didn't like. Every uh, single song you like? I love every one of them. Even, even the ones where uh, he's making fun of me sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you never you never heard a record and you've been like, he took a little shot there, like you feel? Yeah, I, oh, I, I, I have gotten on him about a couple of them. Which ones? Uh, I can't remember which ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, listen, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, listen, man, this sells records. Right. Okay. There you go. There we go. We we just worked it out. You know. It's dope. Yeah. 
So you got some, you brought me some stuff. Yes, I did. Yeah, um, <coughs> I brought you a. Oh, yeah. Uh, that kind of crazy. Okay. Kind of crazy t shirt. So, what is, so tell us what kind of crazy is. Kind of crazy is my single that can be viewed on YouTube. It is, uh,. All over the world for sale. It's number two in France. In France? Yes. You didn't uh, go on international. Yes. It's, it was number, I think it made, it made, may have made number one in Africa, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's all over the world. Yeah. So, you're blowing up. Yeah. You're having t-shirts made. Yeah. But no album. No album. No, no. Uh, this man, one. about to drop this album. This one I brought for Laura. Laura, look at Laura. Yeah. The Hollywood Snowflake. Come brought get your... Brought you a kind of crazy t Right there, look at Laura. Laura, the Hollywood honey. Snowflake right there. Uh, uh. He also got this, Virginia yes. Black. Virginia Black. Take me back. You got some, you got some liquor. <laughs> I can't take a shot. The last time I actually... So the last time um, we had a conversation was at Dame Dash's apartment. Right. Right. All Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. I had drank... I had uh, eaten... Uh, three edible cookies and uh, three three because here's what happened Steven Jackson and uh, 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 Al Harrington came to, to to TMZ and they did this thing where they were promoting their weed line Viola okay. shout out to those brothers yeah. and they gave some weed cookies and I was hungry super hungry mm-hmm. and I ate three of the cookies wow so I ate three of the cookies I go to the party and I'm there at the party uh, at Dane's party and then I have Three glasses of Cavassier. Wow. And I'm sitting there talking to you, listening to everything that you say, and I wonder, I'm thinking, does Mr. Graham realize that I'm slurring my words right now? <laughs> like, where am I at? No, I, I noticed you disappeared. I didn't see you. I disappeared because I had to get out of there. Like, 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 it, it, like, it wasn't even, I actually apologize for that. No, it's I, all good. I disappeared because, like, at one point, I'm sitting there and Styles P was at the party. Oh yeah, yeah. And I legitimately walked over to Styles P and I was like, "Yo, Jada, I love your music, man. I'm a huge fan of the lot." And I love Styles P. Look at little Lord. I, I love. I knew. I, I I already spoke to Styles, but I did that because I was gone off the edibles. Yeah. And now it's time to be gone off this Virginia black. Yo, look at this. Yeah. Look at this Virginia black, That's man. Drake's uh, new liquor line. Uh, mm-hmm. It's available in all the stores. So are you it's all you over work? You're working. This is now. Who's liquor line is this? This is Drake's liquor. Uh, yeah. Oh. So what? I mean, what? Drake, so if Drake, I drink, it's this? a whiskey. It's, a, it's, a whiskey. it's actually it's the smoothest whiskey I've ever tasted Smooth. in my life. Yes. Mm, wow. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. See. I mean, I I've never been a brown liquor drinker. But what? I, I, yeah, never ever. How do you don't drink brown liquor? You from Memphis, dog? No, I've never drank a brown liquor. What's your drink of choice? Uh, 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 Pinot Grigio. This dude here. I mean, come on, bro. Pinot Grigio. <laughs> this dude here. No wonder you raise a unicorn. You're not like it's, 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 it's weird. This this guy here. Really, no brown liquor from Memphis, man. I. You this know what? Dope. I've tasted uh, Remy. Yeah, I've tasted Carvassier. Um. Smells like a number one. Heat. But it always made me uh, not not like it. Uh, right. But that is smooth. You like it? That is so smooth. smooth. I can drink that so easily. You just how much you how much of this do you drink? Well, I mean, not much. Right. Not much. I mean, like, I will say this though. 
I'm put Mr. Grandma Frontier a little bit. This is the second time we attempted to do this. The last time we were supposed to do it was last week. We were supposed to have the interview, and, and Dennis hit me up like, "Yo, this is the this is the best <laughs> excuse for missing the interview ever." Dennis goes, "Yo, man, I was partying with Snoop to like 5 a.m." <laughs> yeah. So you know what it I is. I can't make it. <laughs> All right, we're going to let you get out of here, but I'm going to ask you one question before you go. Mm -hmm. um, right there, there's the Virginia Black, you guys. I'm going to try it tonight. And if I don't come back with a number one hit after drinking this Virginia Black, you will. Then, it's, then, it's, then it's not. Um, what is the one thing you've heard? I'll ask you two questions. One about you, one about Drake. What's the one thing that you've heard about Drake? That somebody said that is the most untrue. Like they talk about them, they say things, and it's the most they got them wrong. They got them all fucked. Oh, the lyrics thing uh, that he doesn't write his own lyrics. Uh, that that's the uh, most thing that stands out in my mind. That's not true. Uh, him writing his own lyrics because I have sat with him and I have been around him when, on his BlackBerry. I'm just going, writing, writing, writing. And he'll get up in the middle of a, 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 a gathering or whatever, and, and he's gone because he has a thought. You know, he has thoughts, and he has to go write them down real fast. But that, that's one of the most uh, things that's not true. When people say that, you already said that you don't dwell on the negative stuff. Right, right. But in, but in any way, do you just wish that you could be like, yo, I've seen this. I know this to be not a thing. No, I wouldn't get. A, I wouldn't give them the satisfaction. Uh, go ahead, say what you want. You know, whatever. You know what? You know what? I'll tell you something. Um, what made me stop responding pe to people like that? I never forget this, and I I never since that day let anybody change my emotions or thought patterns in any way. I was in an airplane uh, flying, mm -hmm. and uh, I looked down and saw, you know, when you're flying, you cannot see a person walking down the street. Right. That's because we're smaller than ants from up there. Right. Much smaller. Why would I let something that small phase me at all? Especially when you're flying. Ever. Uh, no, no, not not to, it's just that me being up that high and not being able to see uh, anybody ah, down there. Yeah, I mean, like, why why would I let your ego bother me? That's how small people are. And then, and then you, 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 you would uh, somehow allow someone else's thoughts to make you go off. You know what I mean? Yeah. No way. No way. And for you, we're all looking for something, right? And people talk about looking for fame, looking for money, looking for influence. Uh, but what we're really all, all looking for is youth. Right, right. The one thing that is consistent about all human beings is that our youth is robbed from us. It's right. a precious gift yes. that we get. And you know that it's a truly precious gift because when it's given to you, you can't appreciate it. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's the the, mo the cruelest trick of man is that it takes age to appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have a youthful spirit. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're wise, but you have a youthful spirit. Sure, sure. How does everyone stay as young as Dennis Graham? 
Um, it's it's actually all in the mind. I mean, like, I won't allow myself to get old until I'm old. You know, like, I don't care how old I am. I mean, I say, for instance, if I was 75, and I still have my all of my body functions, and I'm able to go out and do whatever I want to do. I, I'm I'm doing it. You know what I mean. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slow down. Like uh, Drake Drake will tell me something. Dad, take your old ass. Drake, nothing old about me but this uh, suit that I got in the closet mm-hmm. at home that I had from a long time ago. Word. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you actually said that at the party. You were like, <laughs> you, you said, let the rest of them get old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And get old if they want to. You know, I'm not going. You're not? I'm not going. You're going to stay yet. young. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm telling you, man. And get- don't let them... Uh, 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 create that youth pill while I'm still living. You gonna take it? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it. You taking a youth pill? <laughs> Y'all, give it up for Dennis Graham, man. <laughs> Thank you. We learned so much, Mr. Graham. We appreciate you joining us on the Red Pill Podcast, yeah. man. That was amazing.